I'm fitting a puzzle piece that a lot of people haven't had in their life of someone that is safe to go to and open up to about these vulnerable parts of their life um, without feeling shamed or judged or any of those things. And then also have the right education, insight and program to help them move through and, and make the actual change. I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are, how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, all right. On this episode, we are going to talk about how to market and attract, sell, and then retain affluent clientele, high-end, high-net-worth individuals. This doesn't mean that any of our services are not for everyone, but there's a lot of therapists that'll reach out and, and they know that I'm in New York City and they will ask me questions about how, like what we charge and why and how to get in front of those types of people. And regardless of what city or what metro they're in, it seems to be a topic, even though it would be great. And, you know, if we could wave a magic wand, it would be great to live in a world where anyone could afford any, you know, service or product or, you know, whatever. If, if anyone, if everyone had resources, we're going to get into all that. These are some of the tactics, anonymous stories from me and also some text messages from some buddies and colleagues that also have therapy practices and their insight. I'm going to give them a couple shout outs, but their insights and their experiences on how to market and attract high end clientele. So these are clientele that are either business owners, they're maybe multimillionaires or billionaires, they're rap, you know, music artists, entrepreneurs, people that are in finance, people that are on TV, people that are, you know, heads of state in some, in some cases and other politicians. So obviously, these are all going to be anonymous. And today I have Kyle Freeman here on the show. So Kyle, you're a physical therapist. And then now you're doing, I don't even want to put words in here. Like, it seems like like sex coaching or something, sex empowerment. And you reached out to me. We, we've had some uh, messages over the years. And um, tell the audience, like, so you're a physical therapist, but now you're doing something different. And then you kind of reached out. You're like, how can I get in front of these types of high net worth individuals and this type of clientele? I understand why we're going to go into some examples as to why you want to do that or why that would make sense for you. But like, give the audience a little bit of context of like what you're doing and why you reached out at this time. Yeah, Dave, I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I'll keep my story short. But yeah, I'm a physical therapist. I did it for about seven years practicing in the system, as I would say. I was a traveler for a while. And then I just hit that point where I knew there was entrepreneurial spirit. I was building social media, my face on social media, wanting to build side hustles, making money in other ways. And I finally ended up on a reality show, quit my last travel PT contract and started working with my own coaches, started learning new things in the field of sex and intimacy um, through the International School of Temple Arts, as well as through other realms, breath work, all the things. And ended up leading into beginning coaching. I started out with life coaching as my broad topic and naturally began to niche down and find exactly what it was that I was really helping people with and what I wanted to help them with and naturally led into helping people find their voice, become more empowered. Um, and that includes in and out of the bedroom because sexuality is the most vulnerable part of people's lives. 
And so those who struggle with confidence outside of the bedroom typically struggle inside. Uh, and so I help in a multitude of realms. But right now, yeah, I identify as a sex and empowerment coach. And that's just generally helping people find their voice, find confidence, overcome shame and trauma from the past and be able to live an empowered life based on their terms and not other people's opinions. And so right now, I mostly work online. I'm nomadic at the time. So uh, I mostly see clients online. I'm doing paid ads and figuring out how to get the right clientele in the door and make them understand that what I have for them is proven uh, with previous clients that can help them live the life that they do want to. Got it. Awesome. Very interesting. And, I, and like I said, I wanted to have you on the show because regardless of whether it's your, you know, your niche or you have someone else that's watching or listening has like a PT or OT practice, if they take some insurances, if they're out of pocket or mobile or concierge or whatever, this is a topic that folks are interested in. So that was like, let's get you on here. Let's talk about it. What are you doing for marketing? So you mentioned some paid ads. Is it, you know, is it Facebook only? Is it Facebook and Google or is it Instagram or TikTok or anywhere else? Like, what are you currently doing on the marketing side? Yeah, so the main mark paid marketing uh, is through Instagram ads. That's where I mainly run them. And my funnel is to drive them. I, I do follower ads. I do retargeting ads off of that. I also have tried cold DM ads, which I'm working through at the moment, but really trying to just get them into a conversation in my DMs. I have free resources that they can start using, such as a free worksheet. Uh, and that gets the conversation going, as well as free YouTube trainings that tells a bit about my story, what I've done, how I help people and how I could help them too. So just kind of funneling them in that way. I also just started a new funnel that's into a free course that's 90 minutes. So funneling them into there and getting them through that so they build and nurture the relationship with seeing me uh, on camera um, until the point that they understand that I'm the solution. Also, there's just organic marketing. I mean, I have a lot of followers. Um, you know, I have like 230,000 followers. It's just how can I get to those people and how can I get the content in front of them? Because right now, TikTok and stuff is very uh, difficult um, because all they care about is is getting money and TikTok shop and stuff. So those are the main uh, the main routes. Got it. And you're, you're like an OG on TikTok. I think you were like probably <laughs> the first person on TikTok that I maybe in my network or that I had known. In the PT realm, I think I really was. I, I started, a, I, I initially ran like a TikTok course for healthcare professionals because I was the first one to like hit a couple hundred thousand. But nowadays it's a pain in my ass, to be honest. <laughs> so have you tried, or I don't know if you, so with my practice, like we do a ton of Google ads and um, Facebook ads, like I've tried a couple of different like folks, agencies, whatever. And um, I know that there are, successes with Facebook ads in New York City for physical therapy or for concierge home visits, but we just haven't been able to crack the code. But one thing that definitely works for us is Google ads. Like, is that something that you've ever done or tested or you haven't gotten to that point? I have not done Google ads. I've been just starting through with social media, uh, with mainly with Instagram. I also, I just have to add because it plays a factor. I, I believe that I am nomadic, so I'm constantly moving. So if I was in, let's say, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona, well, I can do locally targeted ads for people in the area if I wanted to. But for me, it's more generalized to the US or Canada and just like with age group and some of the the recommendations that Facebook has, I try not to use a lot of them, but 
that's somewhat of an issue, I believe. But got it. And so the reason why I ask is, like I said, because we we use a ton of Google ads, and um, but I, at the same time, I don't know if your ideal client is on Google searching for this. So so like, have you interviewed or asked your current or previous clients like how they found you? It sounds like it's mostly through social media. Do you ever like interview them in terms of like why did you eventually reach out? Like when did you first? you know, mm-hmm. follow me and like, they probably had to watch five or 10 videos, or maybe it was, you know, five or 10 weeks worth of content. And then they reached out or like, have you asked them, like, kind of like their journey of kind of connecting with you and then eventually reaching out and then working with you? Yeah, and it's mostly the same story. Just about everyone's from social media. Um, some I actually did have clients who came as a result of the TV show I was on. They followed me on social media and then they followed my content. And yeah, it took took a little bit of time. Most of them weren't like immediately just going to buy with me. They needed to see my content and listen to what I was saying. And it resonated. They felt I could help them. And then they eventually signed up. And then now I'm getting some more directly from ads. Got it. Got it. And then just for context, I think you mentioned the pre-interview, but like you're... So you do like a you do like packages and I think you mentioned like three months or something. So like what are the what's like the current offering of like dollar amount and like what do they get and what's the timeline mm-hmm. of sure. So right now my current offer is twenty eight hundred or if they pay up front three grand if they finance it. And they get three months of one to one coaching, which includes six one to one calls, direct twenty four seven text messaging with me if they need support. I have a free online community. There's about 15 plus hours of online trainings that they go through. We do weekly group calls um, once a week. And then after the three months, they have access to the community, to the trainings, to the group trainings even. So they almost get lifetime coaching. But if they want to continue more one-to-one contact, they just pay monthly after that. So they would pay monthly after the first three months? Yeah. Got it. Got it. And so that, as of now, that's 500 a month and they just get an extra call per month and the 24 seven uh, texting support on top of everything else. Got it. Got it. So like a couple of weeks ago, you reached out and, and you sent me an audio message and you were saying something like, I think you kind of said you want to raise your prices or you don't want to belittle yourself or whatever. So in terms of your output of what you're doing, does it feel like you're not getting that in return in terms of a financial return? So you're looking to raise your prices and or you're looking to change the offering or or where do you stand with all that? Yeah, it's a couple of things. A, I am uh, sometimes getting on the phone with people who just they're they're not ready or they have the financial obligations. They legitimately might not even have the money, um, not even to do financing, which my finan- financing options are very affordable. They could pay like 150 to 200 a month. And so that's me just taking care of that on the back end before they even sign up for a call to screen them out. So I don't waste my time. But yeah, I just I would rather be on the phone and be working with people who are committed, who are serious about making this change. And I have less of that, less of that objection, where I'd rather book two, two people a month at five grand, um, and be making 10k a month easily just with two clients per month versus struggling to get people who are like uh, not ready or they, they they're not serious about it or yeah I'm dealing with those financial objections where I'm struggling to get them to even pay 2800 3 grand so yeah looking to get people who have the money get people who are more serious and make sure that I have an offer that is 
giving them validation that this is going to solve a massive problem in their life and and transform their life entirely. And in terms of like on the marketing front end, like, do you also have referrals? Because like, I know with PT, like we get, you know, physician referrals or from nursing home or not nursing agencies or personal trainers or gym owners or whatever. And obviously, like that helps with like word of mouth and trust and the potential client like already has some awareness or trust in us before we even speak. Like, do you have Mm -hmm. referrals like that where you're not having to always rely on the online ads? So I offer my current or previous clients, I got a referral bonus. I've only ever had one referral come through that way. I had people like tell their friends to follow me and stuff, but not necessarily anyone who's signed up. But yeah, so no, I don't really, I have a network of other clinicians who do other things, but I think a lot of people are focused on their own businesses. So yeah, I don't really have a referral system. And I would, I would assume that it's probably challenging for these folks that like, they don't necessarily want to tell other friends or colleagues or whatever, maybe that they're working with you because they maybe perceive that as some weakness or, or some vulnerability, right? So they might be reluctant to actually share, even if you're helping them, you're getting progress, you're Mm -hmm. getting, you're helping them with momentum, with, with all the things that you're helping them with. Do you feel like your clientele, because of the nature of what you're talking about with them, do you feel like they might be reluctant to actually have that word of mouth and tell their friends and colleagues about you and and what you do? Because then, then they're kind of saying like, I'm in a certain place where I need Kyle and his services. I could agree with that. Yes. Especially initially, like if they're currently working with me, I'd say most wouldn't maybe towards the end, they feel more confident because of what they've gained and they realize how it's impacted them. But yeah, there is a nature to how I'm helping people that is sensitive and vulnerable. And thus also, I can't share as much on social media on the inner workings of what I'm doing with clients. Whereas, you know, if I was just doing physical therapy, half the time you're like, hey, can I show off doing these exercises with you and whatnot? Most people are happy to share. Uh, So yeah, it is a little different. Yeah. Let me just give a shout out. I want to read a couple of text messages. So I reached out to... um... Brian Williams. So he owns concierge physical therapist. It's like a concierge practice. He's in a bunch of different metros across across the country. And then also I reached out to my colleague, Christian Marshall, who owns Tribeca physical therapy here in the city. Now there are two physical therapy practices like mine. And then you obviously have a different offering, but I think at the end of the day, it's their insight, I think can help and kind of bring some context here. So I reached out to Brian and uh, so he's based in Dallas, but like he's got therapists all over the country. And I was asking him, I gave him, like I said, I'm I'm speaking with Kyle Freeman and we're going to be talking about attracting and marketing and selling and then retaining high-end clientele, affluent clientele. And what do you guys do around this? And how do you, you know, how do you think of, how do you, you know, like think of this and what is your client, what does your clientele remark to you? What do they tell you they like about the whole process and experience? So one thing he said was the professionalized systems and the intake process, which, you know, you're remote. So you have to have all that stuff dialed mm-hmm. in anyway. You have to do it in a way that, you know, you have to be responsive. You can't like get back to someone like a week after they reach out. Right. So you have to be somewhat responsive. Um, Brian said that uh, this type of clientele, they can go, they can go either way. Either they want to talk and talk and talk, or they want the ease of filling out electronic forms and being done with it. And then Brian said that his experience is that oftentimes these clients are the biggest pain in the ass. He said that they've seen heads of state, politicians, celebrities, sports stars, et cetera. And it really depends on how they're handled from the start of the process. 
So any, any feedback there initially? Any thoughts? I mean, it makes it makes sense that some people who are higher end in life, higher net worth could be more, I don't want to use the word prissy, but like demand more and expect higher, have higher expectations, which I, I can totally understand because that's what they get out of most other parts of their life. But yeah, I believe also the first contact is important with anyone and how you uh, set up your first initial encounter and, and what vibe they get off of you. I mean, that might set off if they even work with you in the first place. But yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Awesome. So furthermore, Brian said that he so he I actually I asked him before I even asked you, I asked him if I asked him and Christian, they were both unavailable. But I asked them if they wanted to drop in on this call, but they were not available. And then I was going to ask you if it was cool and you probably would have been yeah. fine. But Brian said, so he was out, he's in Dallas, but he's in Utah on a ski trip. And he just met up with one of his high net worth clients in Utah, but Brian treats him back in Texas. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Like they, you know, you might meet up with your clientele or go on trips with them or meet them in a certain area or whatever. So Brian asked this client what he likes about working with him and his therapist. And he said that the client, the patient has had a lot or has visited or been treated by a lot of physical therapists over the years. And uh, including great places like the Sedman Clinic in Vail, Colorado. So this patient said that he likes Brian's practice because they all connect with him on a personal level and he never feels like they are wasting his time. And just for context, this patient, this client is 48 years old. He owns and Brian said this is okay that I mentioned this. The client is 48 years old. He owns three oil companies and has a $60 million house in Dallas. Now, listen, folks, like, listen, money's not everything. Like, you got to have your health and wellness. I know, like, sometimes we talk about money on the show. It's not everything, but it's kind of the topic of this. And like, that's what we're just riffing on. So just from that, Kyle, like any, any thoughts or feedback or takeaways just from that insight from Brian? Yeah, it sounds like he provided security, but also the feeling of uh, like being seen, being heard and meeting more of a an emotional and re- relational need on top of the actual service. And that's something that I feel I try to do with my service is becoming my client's best friend. Like I'm the person that they never had in their life who can be there of support, who is a positive support, who can be there to ask the questions. And so based on what he just shared, I feel that therapist fit a specific uh, puzzle piece that he'd been wanting for so long that other people could not meet. And so it's like, it makes me think, how can I fit that puzzle piece? But the problem for me is, okay, I don't know sometimes what pieces they've been looking for. And until I get on the phone with them, because not everyone's the same, everyone's still an individual. But for me, I feel that I'm, I'm fitting a puzzle piece that a lot of people haven't had in their life of someone that is safe to go to and open up to about these vulnerable parts of their life um, without feeling shamed or judged or any of those things. And then also have the right education, insight and program to help them move through and, and make the actual change. Because I get a lot of people who come to me who went to therapy, didn't get the results they wanted, or they've been going for years, or they're on medications that are making them feel like crap. Um, and they just want to finally feel better. And so that's where I'm trying to fit myself in. I'm like, I actually have the solution um, because I do something different than just talk therapy. Mm. Got it. And you've made content around that, I'm assuming? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's where I try to focus of like, you could go to talk therapy and just talk about things, but a lot of things are embedded in your nervous system from childhood and trauma that needs to come out through somatic practices and, and other forms of, of education. And like the uh, breathing stuff and that type of like, yeah, I do breath work, mindfulness. I take a holistic approach. Like I'm also making sure people are, this is where I bring the physical therapy part in. Like I still utilize my knowledge as a physical therapist and, and how are you taking care of your body uh, nutritionally wise, sleep wise, physically, because part of this is, is putting yourself first. A lot of the people I work with have just given to everyone else. So I'm helping people put themselves first and prioritize their health because they haven't. And uh, it's suffered as a result. Got it. So a little bit more on the marketing, at least from my experience, like, there's a little, so you're doing the, the Facebook ads, you got to ask your, your current or previous clients or whoever's like your, whoever like is your dream client that you've ever had or currently have, like the person who you look forward to the calls, you, um, you like working with them. Plus maybe they pay like the highest package or the highest dollar amount or whatever. So whatever, whoever that person is, I would definitely like maybe privately interview them, maybe not, maybe record it, maybe not. And just say that it's going to be for internal purposes only or whatever, but Asking them like, and you, I'm sure you go into all this, like what they've already tried and like, what are they looking for and all that. But you really need to figure out like how people navigate online before they end up with you. So with us, with the Google ads, it's like, I know that there's going to be some amount of people that they, they always trust physicians, they trust their friends, whatever, but there's always some percentage of people right now for physical therapy, home visits in New York City, they will search Google and they're going to look at Google reviews. And then when they call us, they will literally mention like certain words or phrases or certain Google reviews that I remember from the past that were posted. And they'll say, oh, this one resonated with me or I, you know, I saw your website and this, 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 or this page resonated with me. And it seemed like you were speaking my language. So it kind of goes back to the messaging, but there's always going to be some amount of people that will also go on Google and click on ads, and they don't even know that they're clicking on ads. In some cases, the high-end clientele that we're talking about, sometimes they're not the ones Googling. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's their assistant, and their assistants will click on Google ads, and they're calling two, three, five, six places, whatever, and then the speed of us getting back to them, sometimes calling or texting almost immediately, but definitely the same day, the speed of that response facilitates a concierge experience or a an experience that's higher level. And when you start to get some of those data points tied together, then when you get on the phone, they're not pre-sold, but like they're they're understanding that like this place, so our practice or in your case, like your company and your business is of a certain caliber because it speed helps with the pre-conversion or it helps with credibility because it's not like you're getting back to them several days later, but the speed of getting a response and then matching it with like the tonality and the professional confidence on the phone, it ties it all together and it, and it leads us down the road to make it easier to then sell those packages that you're looking to sell. So I texted Christian Marshall. So he owns uh, Tribeca Physical Therapy. And I, I said, uh, how do you market and attract your affluent clientele? And I gave two bullet points. I said, like, of course, there's like the top popular physicians that like there might be in the news, like sports, like athletes and like other like celebrities, whatever will say that they went to whatever doctor or maybe it's private and you get referrals from some of these physicians or whatever. 
And the relationships there, the introductions, the word of mouth, whether it's from physicians or from people that are affiliated with the show that you were on, like whatever it might be, those are vital, right? So that's my approach of like the paid ads for Google. For you, it's paid Facebook ads. Um, and then the, the paid Google ads, sometimes it's the assistant or the secretary or whoever, the executive assistant or, or administrative assistant or whatever that finds us. And they'll say something like, um, oh, yeah, you were listed first. So, of course, you know, we clicked on you or they'll say, like, I, I clicked on an ad or whatever. And but it's for the, the their boss. And so um, it's a little bit of a caveat. So anyway, with Christian Marshall, so I asked him. What are some other ways that you that work for you in regards to attracting like high net worth individuals or clientele? And he wrote a, a long response. So let me just get right into it. So he he said an orthopedic physician at NYU Langone once told him that the key lies in strategic positioning and commit commitment to excellence. Ensuring your physical therapy c- clinic is conveniently located in an affluent neighborhood is crucial. Now, in your case, you're remote. So like there's pros and cons to that. So as for the technical part, he said that they tried to elevate their marketing materials with top-notch quality, incorporating impeccable copywriting, which is the words on your website and the words on your Facebook ads and all that. High-end creative design, which you would want to outsource or, you know, or do yourself, emphasizing value over price. And on Tribeca Physical Therapy's website, he says that they focus on showcasing our clinic as the optimal choice, highlighting convenience, exclusivity. Competitive clinicians, which I don't know what that means. Competitive, like your your own clinicians are competitive or they're, you're competitive in the marketplace. I don't know what that means. And cutting edge facilities with the latest technology. And then he said, this is important. Setting clear expectations is essential to attract those who value premium experiences. Once affluent patients or clients agree to their plan of care, exceeding expectations becomes the catalyst for word of mouth referrals within their social circles. Additionally, Cultivating relationships with their physicians can lead to recommendations as exemplified when one of our patients persuaded a doctor to include our clinic in their list sheet of specialists given to their patients who need high level physical therapy care. So in that case, like, I don't know, like, have you spoken to now? I think therapists that do the talk therapy, you might be in competition with them, so they may never refer to you or. Um, you could potentially reach out to them and maybe they're, you know, concierge, talk therapist, psychotherapist, whatever. And maybe they referred you and you not co-treat or you you're coaching and they're treating or whatever, or you're offering some offshoot that they don't offer. Is there too much competition there or would there be some potential like collaboration there? I think the only issue right now is with clients who aren't uh, financially well off. They might only be able to afford one or the other. But I also have recommended some of my own clients to go see a therapist on top because if they legitimately need medication or there's something that I simply cannot provide. um, And I've had clients who have benefited from having both at the same time because what they do with me, they bring into the therapy office and they actually discuss some of those activities. So yeah, I don't see it as direct competition. I utilize it for marketing materials for those people who have gone to therapy, gone to multiple therapists, haven't gotten their results. Well, try this thing that is different. Um, But I believe also making those connections can help as well. I I don't know how those therapists will take that. uh, If some of them will take it as, as competition or whatnot. 
um, but I won't know until I ask. Got it. So do you think we covered the marketing enough? I know that's a big challenging component. So can we move into the the conversation, the actual selling part of it or any final thoughts on the marketing? Yeah. I mean, the only other thing I was going to say, I mean, for me, for you, for you with a physical therapy office, you're not like in your messaging. I get where you're saying the exclusivity and, and, um, all those kinds of, of words, but it's not really tailored to those individuals in, in the specific wording. So for example, with coaching, a lot of people might say like, I'm, I work with high performers, right? That's a way of tailoring directly to those people. If I'm not a high performer, this message is not for me. Um, and so with my ads and stuff, I don't know if there's any similarity with those ads for you guys, but I know that I would benefit from tailoring that language in my ads to those types of people, whether it's people say busy professionals, high performers, just finding those types of words and tailoring that message so that I am weeding out anyone who's who's not identifying there, or they might message me anyway, but at least I'm getting more towards those people who identify in that way. Yeah. So, and the high performer thing, I think is maybe it's too vague. Like, I don't know if you've tried even more uh, specific ads of like um, attention, busy executives and business owners, but like high performance is also kind of good because high performer could be someone who is a high performer or someone who is not yet, but they're aspiring for that. Mm -hmm. So if they're aspiring for that, then maybe they will invest in your thing because they want to up level as your word that you mentioned when you reached out, they want to kind of get to a different place where they want to achieve or excel. And so they might be yearning for high performance, but then it might not be there yet. Then it's, it kind of comes down to the resources and budget. Have you tried other specific wording with the ads of like going after executives, business owners, or entrepreneurs, or any other of those specific words of folks that are usually of a higher level and mm-hmm. they might have, they more often would have the resources or the, like the, the mental state to actually invest in your coaching. Yeah. So I previously did Facebook group. That was my funnel and I did it. The title was, you know, for high performers. Um, and I still attracted other people. Um, but now with my current ads, I've focused on number one age, just tailoring it towards people over 30. Cause that's just going to naturally weed out people who have less money. Um, and B I've done like working professionals. I just haven't wanted to do some, some, some wording can come off weird. Um, so like uh, there's only so many ways you could put, put it where you're saying I'm targeting people who have a lot of money (laughs) without being like a dick about it and saying, you know, if you're not poor message me, you know, if you have a a million dollar net worth, like you don't want to say shit like that. So it's been more of like finding the right words to get into those people's minds without it coming off in the wrong way. So I, I like the executive, I see it all the time because you see a lot of these other ads of people trying to target these people, business professionals. Some of them will target specific professions like doctors or lawyers because they know, not because they care that they're lawyers, but they know that they have the money to pay for these services. And so, yeah, it's just, it's finding those words. But right now I've just focused on age and like working professionals because my uh, package hasn't been 10 grand, 20 grand yet. Yeah. And the challenge here is that even my experience here in the city, like I've been in front of or on the phone with people that are very well off, multimillionaires, but they still will 
have resistance for paying a couple hundred dollars a visit out of pocket. And it's wild because they like are living on Park Ave in Manhattan and they have, you know, a multi-million dollar apartment and they're pushing back on on the cost. Either I didn't do a good enough job of demonstrating the value or, you know, keeping the conversation around like their goals and where they want to go and what they really care about. I probably didn't dig up enough of those emotional triggers and or they are not my right fit. They're not my ideal client who they have the money but they don't want to part with it. They don't want to invest in it. And so aesthetically looking at some of these folks, like you would be like, oh yeah, like they're high net worth individuals. They're wealthy. They're the affluent, but there's some of them that still will not want to pay out of pocket for my type of services, your type of services, whatever. We just have to move on. We just have to, you know, say they're just not the right fit. They're looking for, I don't know, they're, they're looking for whatever they're looking for average. They're looking to use their insurance. And I understand like you, a lot of folks out there, everyone pays for their insurance and they want to use their insurance in a lot of cases on the therapy side of things. But if we don't take that insurance, like then they make a decision, like they want to try us out or work with us or they don't. And that's totally fine. And that goes back to the marketing where you can be confident enough to like, let them take that exit ramp, take that off ramp from the conversation. They leave your world because there should be many new candidates or potential clients in the pipeline, as opposed to being being or looking desperate that you need to kind of convert each of these folks, even if they're not the right fit. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I want to work with people who I enjoy working with, not just because they got money, because that just ends up leading to more problems for me. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, let me share this. So this is from Nick Huber sweaty, at Sweaty Startup on Instagram and Twitter. You and I were talking about this in the pre-interview. So this is like a tweet that he, I don't know, they repurposed for Instagram or whatever. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it, but I'll read it out loud. So it's just a graphic and it says $100, $100 customer. And they might say things like, can you come early? I have I have a little extra I need to do as well. Can you stay longer? This didn't work out as well as I expected. And I need to talk about the bill, you know, your pain, you know, your, your cost, the charges. Can you call me right away, please? And $10,000 customer will say things like, send invoice, thanks. Mm-hmm. So have you have you experienced some of this? I like to say I have one client who is like the hundred dollar customer right now who is uh, I've had the people on the needier side. And then, yeah, I have people who just do the work and and they reach out when they have something that they need. But otherwise, they're not a problem because they, they do what they need to do. Yeah, so I've experienced that. And I'd rather, you know, most people want to deal with the the, the, the latter. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, so the next part of it, we kind of, kind of dabbled into it a little bit. So we covered the marketing. Now we're covering the actual sale or selling or, and it's like the sales process, which is just like Mm -hmm. a phone call. So like, I'm sure you have a structure around like what you need to get out of them and, and what information you need on that call. Is it like a, is it like a consult? Like, how do you same type of thing? Like for therapists out there that are cash right on network, like they're going to do like a, a discovery visit or a consult or whatever. And it's really just a conversation and making sure that they're mm-hmm. right. So like, what are you currently doing for that? And, and how's that structured? Yeah. So a lot of the sales call is meant to just be a yes or no, is like getting them in a place where they're a yes or no at that point already, based on having put a lot of information in front of them prior to the call so that they're already basically sold. And then on the call, we're just hopefully discussing the minutia of what it looks like to work together. So really, it's it's all the back end work of sending them the 
free trainings and getting them to go through my content so that they are already getting on the call knowing that they're going to do it. Because I don't want to feel like I have to sell someone on the phone. I really don't want to. I want it to be like, you're here on the call. Are you ready to do this or no? And then what what um, financing package do you want? And I'm working a little bit more towards that. And that's why I created like a free course for them to go through. So I'm increasing my screen time in front of them and how I'm teaching them and building that relationship so that by the time they get on the call, those who do and have gone through all that information, they're ready and I don't have to fight tooth or nail. Um, but right now, it's not fully there yet. So my consults um, typically can last anywhere between 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, where I am getting to know them more, their story, leading them down to what hasn't worked for them and lighting up their problems so I can bring in my solution. I try not to talk about my solution too much, just to say, like, here's where I'm targeting that exact problem that you're struggling with, like the the main one, and then um, lead it into what it is, state my cost confidently, and then go from there. Yeah, one thing around this topic that's helped me is uh, is Alex Hormozzi's example of selling Maui, but not selling the plane flight and and the travel, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to go from New York City to, you know, Hawaii, I want to think about like the beach and the temperature and like, how do I need to dress and sandals and sunscreen and all that type of stuff. But I don't want to think about like having to take a cab to JFK and like pack my bag and mm-hmm. you know, load it on the plane and then sit on like it was like nine hour flight or something, I think, from like from New York City to Honolulu or whatever. I don't want to think about that. Right. So like that's one thing that's helped me on these introductory calls with our patients and, and clients over the years is like talking to them and discussing like what they're looking for and the outcome like if we were to help you with this, like what type of impact would that have on you? And like then what are you? What are you looking to do? And if we got to that point, what would you be able to do? And then how mm-hmm. would that feel? Yeah. Like that type of stuff, as opposed to the minutia, like you said, you want to skip over the minutia of like the actual work and the calls and like the actual exercises or the interventions. You can give like a little preview mm-hmm. of like, these are some of the things we might do, but you want to keep it, you know, super high level. And it sounds like you're doing a lot of that already. Yeah, I listen to Dan Henry a lot. Um, he's a big marketer. Maybe you've heard of him. Yeah. And yeah, he really just focuses is on like just antagonize the problem and and how not solving this, what it's led to, what it can con- continue to lead to, and just get them into that really like deep state of pain. And then take the other 10% of the time to be like, well, here's the solution. And and not be selling selling Maui, but not like trying to overdo it in a way where it's just like they're so much in pain that they're just like oh that's how i can get there and that's it fine i'm in because i i have done it the other way where i've tried to like look at all of this and look at how great this is and then they're just like not getting them to feel too good on the phone because then they're feeling better and then they're not as inclined to actually buy if that makes sense that's what I learned from Dan, at least. But yeah, I understand the selling Maui part of like getting them from the problem and be like, here, this is what you're, this is the life. This is the the transformation that you're going to get and not worrying about here. Here's what, you you know, these are the things we'll do, the calls, the group calls, the blah, blah, blah. But this is ultimately where you're going to be once you're done in just a short amount of time. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. 
I heard something recently on uh, YouTube from this guy, Jeremy Miner. He also has some really good YouTube and just general social media content around selling. And uh, he doesn't like the word closing. We, we can get back to closing in a second because I want to I ask you, like, what's the question or like, how do you segue from the conversation to like asking them if they're ready to make a decision or whatever? I want to I'll come back to that. But so this guy, Jeremy Miner, he was talking about selling. He's like, selling is just change. And humans hate change. Like no one wants change. Everyone just wants to stay where they're at with whatever they're doing. And there's only two things that will prompt someone to change. It's either that they really want to start something new or different. They want to move. They want to do a new job, whatever. Like the, the current thing is not to their liking and they they need or they want something new or they're moving away from pain. So it could be physical therapy. It could be actual like physical pain, like back pain, sciatica, whatever. Uh, or in your case, it's like some emotional trauma, some internal pain, some internal struggle, some history that they want to move away from. And I, I, it was enlightening because selling, you could look at selling as change and humans hate change, but there are some caveats to like, if you irritate the, the pain enough, if you provoke it on this conversation, it's not like a trick per se, but it's something that will help them realize like, this is the status of their current situation. They're the ones feeling it. Like that's where they're at. And then it can kind of foreshadow you as the expert to then help them get out of that via your thing, which is the coaching or the therapy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And that's where I am trying to focus. And I, I, I used to be one of those people who like hate sales and I, and I don't want to feel like I'm intentionally trying to make this person upset. Right. But, but it is a reality of some people don't recognize how their decisions have led them to where they're at now, whether it's physically because they haven't been taking care of their health and now they're in physical pain or these people who haven't addressed these problems that have led to them being unhealthy and messing up their finances, messing up relationships continuously. Um, and so it's just, I, I like to think of it as highlighting uh, what their current behaviors have led to and what it could continue to lead to. And so it feels m more ethical in a way of doing that. It makes me feel better about myself that I'm not just like trying to make this person feel like absolute shit on the phone so that they'll work with me. Um, right. What's your, you know, follow like what's the closing question or the pre-close like you agitate their situation nicely professionally verbally for most of the call then mm -hmm. you talk about your program for like you said maybe 10 minutes or whatever and then what like how what's the question or what do you say what would you say to me of like all right so like and, and what i've heard is like i've heard folks like whether it's dan henry or whoever like they'll say something like all right so like are you ready to rock and roll or like, um, so like, what is your like pre-close or closing question? If you have one, um, I try to lead it up as if that we're already going to start working together by saying, I'll say, so we can get started as soon as Sunday. Um, if that works for you, um, I like to start on Sundays cause it's the beginning of the week and, um, then I'll do an onboarding call with you. And so it's almost like I'm already talking about how we're getting started and then I'll say programs 2800. Um, I offer financing options if that works better for you. And then I think I normally say 
I think I need to work on this. I think I normally say, so how does that feel to you? Which is probably not a good, now that I'm thinking about it is not great. Because that's where I've been getting a rejection often is, is the call seems to be going great with most of these people. And then I'm getting to close and I'm really trying to get them to close on the call right then and there. Cause I know if it takes one or two days, sometimes I'm already losing them. And so, yeah, I think I have to change up that last statement or question. How do you, how do you say to me the, the cost and the financing? Like, do you just confidently, I, I know to say it confidently, like I don't hesitate with it. I say, um, after I've said like, so we can get started as, uh, as soon as Sunday, or we could do the following Sunday, whatever works better for your timeline. The cost of the program for the three months and the lifetime access to the program is 2,800. If that sounds like a lot, I offer financing options and we can look at those over on the phone now. Because most people, when I say it, most of these people I'm talking to can't pay up front. And that kind of goes back to finding clientele that has more reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of people who have bought it upfront, but um, the, offering the finance option has worked for many people and it makes them feel better about getting started. But yeah, I, I wish I could just be like, it's 2,800. And then I could wait and just wait for them to say, oh, that's a lot of money. I can't do that. And then I go, oh, that's okay. I offer financing options, um, which are very affordable. Would you? We can take a look at them on the phone right now. I can show you in just two minutes. And then usually they're okay with that. And then they'll find an option that works for them. But like just last night, I had someone who who legitimately I think is in. She just uh, like she doesn't even have a credit card because she, she's dealt with debt and isn't allowed to have a credit card right now. And so she has to wait till she gets paid and she gets paid biweekly. So I'm like, okay, now I have to wait at least 10 days for her to get paid. And that's a window of like her slipping away. I don't know. I sent her my free course to hopefully get her started and get her in my my environment more. So I'm going to be just t- keeping tabs with her. Um, but yeah, I just I deal with that often. What if if I were you and you're me, if I say to you, so the investment for this for the so the investment in this coaching is twenty eight hundred if you want or you're able to pay up front or you could finance it for three grand at whatever dollar amount per month. Which one works better for you, Kyle? Yeah, that one that works well also. Yeah. I mean, I'm also I'm I'm also different. I'm in a place who I've I've put eight grand down ready for coaching and five grand here for coaching. Like I'm my mindset's already in that place. A lot of these people, some of them maybe haven't even gone to therapy in their life and they or they haven't invested in themselves personally at all. Or or not to this extent. So, but the, uh, the way you say that, it feels like, okay, I have an option, but I also don't want to create too many options because then it creates indecisiveness for some people as well. It's, it's just two though. I gave you two sure. options. And either, either option, you'd be rocking and rolling, you'd be moving forward. So the two options are right. 2,800, or if you don't have that, you can finance it for three grand or you can finance it at whatever dollar amount per month. Yeah, I like that. And also one thing I've done in the past to help get them to buy in day one is I used to say the program's 2800 but if you start today, it's 2400 if you pay upfront. And I'm okay with taking the $400 hit if they're going to start. Um, and so that has kind of worked sometimes. Yeah, so I uh, I paid for like some coaching digital course several years ago. It was like four grand or something. 
and they did the same. They called it a fast action discount. And it was like they price anchored. And we do the same thing when we when we do our home visits. Right. So we'll say something like, uh, you know, weekend visits are, you know, expensive. It's four hundred dollars a visit per, you know, for on a, on a Saturday or Sunday. And some people are like, I don't know, I, I don't need weekends, whatever. And then then two fifty or three hundred sounds a lot better because we price anchored at a higher dollar amount. So you could price anchor. You could even price anchor and say, all right, well, you know, John, it would be ten grand. Mm-hmm. For you to fly me from where you're in Mexico or New Mexico, what did you yeah, say? Mexico. New Mexico. So you you know, John, it would be ten grand for you to fly me from Mexico to you know Ohio, and for me to coach you shoulder to shoulder. But since this is remote, so now you just price anchored at ten grand or pick whatever number. So now they mentally they're price anchored at ten grand. So now if you say like. But the pro- the program is five grand if you want to think about it. Like mm-hmm. some people get on these calls, John, and they're like, I need to think about it because they're unsure and like they're not sure if this is the right fit. And I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to pressure you or anything like that. So if you want to think about it, take a week or two. The price is five grand. But you could call it a fast action discount or same day what, or not a discount, fast action, whatever, for decision makers, for people who have confidence or assurance or whatever. And if you make a decision on moving forward today, then it's one payment of four grand. So do you do you think you want to move forward now or do you think you want to think about it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, there's different with the dollar amounts. Now they price anchored. No one's going to necessarily want to right now with this type of clientele base. They're they're not going to. They're like they're not going to fly you out and sh- do a shoulder to shoulder. You probably don't even want to do it to them with them, you know, shoulder to shoulder. But you now you've priced anger to ten grand, so now four or five grand or three grand or whatever sounds like a deal to me. So mm-hmm. it's, it sounds like a deal to a lot of people once you price anger higher. Yeah, yeah, and then also t- creating that time scarcity of like I'm going to lose out on money if I don't finally make a decision, and that's. I also try to utilize that of like, this is a problem that a lot of these clients have is they they struggle to make these decisions for themselves. And so I, I try to play it as like, you're finally, if you, if you decide on this, it means it's the, it's your actual first step and in, in doing things for yourself for the first time. And so I try to do that, but yeah, I, I think I might include that more often um, again, and I'll just, create my anchor at like 3,500 or four grand. So it makes like a significant difference. Well, depending on if I keep the rates the same. Yeah. And uh, my favorite part is the retaining, right? And so here's mm-hmm. an example. I have this very wealthy family, um, multimillionaire, if not a billionaire family here in New York City. And this this woman that I'm working with, uh, she's 72 years old. She's wonderful. She's great. And listen, I, I, will, I respect everyone. I go into these buildings. I'm saying hello to all the doormen. I'm trying to get to know their names, like the janitors, the superintendent, whatever, whoever. I treat everyone with respect as much as possible. And if some of my clientele are sometimes snarky or a little unprofessional or whatever, the retaining part is that you and I, the professionals in the dynamic, even for us where we're going to their private residence, I tell my therapist, we're the prize. Mm-hmm. And their whole life, they've been the prize. And it could be a little bit of a headbutt or a little bit of a, a dynamic. Now, in your case, you're, you're going to lay out a program and, 
you kind of walk them through the program over three months and then then it's monthly after that or whatever. So everything is kind of like outlined and all that. But I'm going to treat everyone like very nicely and very respectfully. And if someone's like a, a sweet older woman, like of, I'm going to be like treating her like it's like my grandmother. But if someone is a little snarky, then I will like sometimes these folks will have like a status game like their their whole life. They're they felt like maybe they have higher status than others. Right. So even if I'm coming into their residence, I will do some cheeky little I'll do little comments or little things where so this woman i'll say to her I, and i know she's had other physical therapists that have come to her in the past right and she was given examples of oh i had this therapist and i got rid of him because his hands were sweaty i got rid of this other therapist because he smelled or something maybe one day he forgot deodorant i don't know whatever right and i go i said to her um i kind of interjected and i go well um you know I I've fired some, you know, clients around this area before. And, uh, you know, you might, you might be my next, you never know. Like, so now I'm saying to her, I might I might discharge or fire the client. Mm -hmm. And she gave me this look like no one's ever said that to her. Right. So it's a little, sometimes a little bit of gamesmanship. It's like someone hearing something that they've never really heard from a healthcare provider or something, but like, we're having a good professional relationship. I have no reason to discharge her or to quote unquote fire a client or a patient and no longer work with them or whatever. But she's in the position because she was describing the previous stories of it's usually her getting rid of doctors or therapists and moving on to the next. Right. And I gave an example of like, I was like, well, you know, sometimes I get rid of my clients and I, I, I raised my status there. And then she, therefore she was in that sentence or in that paragraph was, at a lower status point, because I was basically saying like, Hey, I'm so confident. I'm so good. Like, like, I don't need you. Like I, mm -hmm. I can just move on. And like, I still try to keep it professional and respectful, but it, it is a different dynamic than most folks. But the response that she, how she looked back at me, she was definitely surprised and no one or, or a very short list of folks have ever spoken to someone like that ever in their life. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I love how you said it. It shows that you don't need her. Yeah. And that's that's the challenge for because you reached out of like, how can you get more high net worth clients? Mm -hmm. Have to. You have to act like you don't need them, even though you want to work with them and you you do need them or you, or you want clients right now, but you have to kind of act like you don't need them and that you are not there, you know, begging. Mm hmm even though you want to work with them. So it's a, it's a little, like a little, like I said, a little bit of gamesmanship. Yeah. It's like a power dynamic. Now, another, another real quick, another example. Um, I treated this billionaire in the city, went into his boardroom, his assistant walked me from the, from the lobby to the, the boardroom and his office was next to the boardroom or whatever. And it was an upper extremity injury or whatever. So he had a suit on and he comes into the the boardroom. I had it's a long, long oval uh, boardroom, and he's the CEO. So usually he would be sitting at the end of the you know like the, the the end of the table. I sat there on purpose. He comes in. He sits in the first you know seat near the door, and we're talking. We're going through the subjective. And I I told you about two books, right? I told you about Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, and then also uh, Pitch Anything by Oren Claff. Mm -hmm. In that book, Pitch Anything, there's a story where this guy was like meeting an investor and he took an apple off the investor's desk and he bit into the apple. 
And he's there to try to get money and pitch the investor. But in that power dynamic, he took a bite of the investor's apple. He took it off of the table and either cut a slice or he bit into it. And he was like, you know, where I where I come from, you know, we 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 share. I think he was like a story like we kind of share, uh, you know, we share resources and this is my piece of the pie and it's not just all about you, whatever. So it's like that power struggle, that power dynamic. So when this CEO billionaire comes in, they fog the glass out. So it's only he and I. So we were in like a glass boardroom, but they press a button and it fogs out. It was baller. He comes in, he sits down, we go through the subjective, we're talking, whatever. Then we get to the objective about, so now I need to actually assess his upper extremity. And he was a little too far away. So I needed him to get closer. So either I'm going to get closer to him or he's got to get closer to me. I could easily scoop my chair over, which is what most physical therapists would do. Instead, I reach down, I grab the leg of the chair and I pull him over towards me. So I pull him over like he's a kid, like a baby. And the guy was, you know, he's like in his seventies at the time. And again, the boardroom's fogged out. Only he and I are there. He's the only one that saw it. Obviously I would not do this in front of, you know, his employees or whatever. But in that instance, I had just read Oren Klaff's book. I forget what he calls it, but he, one of these, like almost like an act of defiance or something mm-hmm. in this power struggle. And it immediately got this guy's attention where then now he became more focused and invested on the physical therapy evaluation as opposed to his status being a billionaire in the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of wild. No, I love that. I love that. And it's also... I feel someone like that is always having to run everything and in control of everything. And now this person can finally give up control for a moment and put it in the hands of another professional. Uh, That is a common theme I see amongst a lot of busy professionals, leaders, executives who they're in control all day of everything, their family, their job, their everything. And a lot of these individuals for what I do with sex, actually, that's an area of life that they give up their control, but also just having a space where they can open up and they can finally give themselves up to a professional who can provide advice. And so I do love that. Yeah, that's really great. And so now you catch their attention and they're, they immediately have trust and you have gained their, their trust, credibility, a little bit of social proof maybe, but now that you now you got their attention and now you can actually deliver the service. So the therapy, the physical therapy, the coaching, whatever. And now they're going to be more likely to absorb it, be an active participant, get a great outcome and great result, and then word of mouth. So it's like it kind of sets the tone for the whole dynamic of working with them. Yeah, there was a level of confidence with you making that move and just being like, yeah, I don't I don't care what your status is. I know what I'm doing here and let's do this thing. So uh, yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, we're a little bit late on time. I got to run. What's a good place for the audience to reach out to you if they want to connect, whether it's uh, so TikTok, Facebook, whatever. It's uh, at Dr. Kyle Dean across all social media, Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, all those things. It's the best place to reach me Yeah, if you have questions or anything. But thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate you. It's been a, an interesting talk and I'll be having to dive into those books very soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Kyle. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E 
painrelief.com or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.